It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Here's Rob Carney. The Monday, October 25th edition of the Heartland at Noon, brought to you today by Heritage Insurance and Purpose Financial, working together to serve you better. Coming up on this program today, COVID-19, the latest news, the latest numbers are coming up. Some of Saskatchewan's most outspoken doctors have apparently been told to stay in their lane. Saskatoon's Dr. Alexander Wong revealing that on social media this weekend. I'll share what he had to say. Grain elevators, beacons of the prairies. A wonderful new book featuring the photography of Charnavin, Saskatchewan's own Chris Attrell. Hot off the presses. You may remember a couple of years ago, I had Attrell on to talk about his book, Forgotten Saskatchewan. Well, he's back with another spectacular book. We'll visit with Chris today. Moose Jaw Warriors had it going on Saturday night, and then the wheels fell off. The Winnipeg Ice came from behind and beat our boys 5-4 with a last-minute goal. Details coming up in sports. And we'll share an interview. The voice of the Warriors, James Gallo, featured on Warriors Hockey on Country 100. You'll meet big defenseman Max Warner on the Heartland at Noon today. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw. A Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw News for Ivermain Place. Small town life is great when you're surrounded by people with big hearts. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivermain Place Central Butte. Good afternoon, I'm Haley Shirky. Threats of a school shooting were reported to police on Saturday afternoon against a central high school. The threat was circulated through Snapchat. The Moose Jaw Police Service investigated and found that the threat originated in St. Joseph, Missouri, and was not against Central Collegiate in Moose Jaw. The police reached out to law enforcement in St. Joseph and confirmed that the threat did take place in their jurisdiction. The St. Joseph's Police Department reported to the Moose Jaw Police three youths were arrested in connection with the threat. The Moose Jaw Police Service would like to thank the members of the public for reporting the incident. The Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation is urging people to be more cautious of animals on the road. Executive Director of the SWF, Daryl Crabb, says more animals like moose and deer could be on the roads within the next three months. They're much more uh, apt to be on the move because it's their mating season, or or rut as it's called, and uh, really have uh, only one thing on their minds uh, usually, and really aren't uh, quite as concerned about traffic. SGI released that over the past five years, 367 injuries with one fatality due to an accident with an animal was reported each year. The SWF is reminding people to be more alert and to slow down in high-density areas marked with road signage and also at night. There were 236 new cases of COVID-19 reported in the province yesterday, along with 314 recoveries and no new deaths. 78 cases are considered active in the south-central zone. 285 people are hospitalized, with 74 in the ICU. Of the new cases, 6 are in the south-central zone, 53 are in Saskatoon, and 38 are in Regina. There are currently 2,963 active cases in the province. On Friday, the Strong Studio on River Street is hosting its annual Beats and Bumps for Breast Cancer event. It's a workout event to raise funds for breast cancer research. Studio owner Kyra Klassen will be leading the event. Come with an open mind, a water bottle, ready to sweat, some clean indoor shoes. Um, It's $15 at the door um, and be prepared to have some fun for a good cause. The class will feature a combination of dance and toning workouts, and there will also be shopping and food vendors for everyone to enjoy. Visit its website, strongstudio.ca, for more information. The South Hill Reservoir Pump House is scheduled for a shutdown today for a structural inspection of the water reservoir. The pump house should be turned back on next Monday on November 1st. There will be no loss of water usage in the area, but residents should expect lower water pressure. The Moose Jaw Police Service will be spending over $16,000 for server licensing software to house new dictation software that will be used by patrolling officers. The dictation software is a smartphone app that follows officers to dictate reports while out in the field. Chief Rick Barassa said this is technology the police service has been looking at for a while. It's uh, really intended to make it more efficient. Uh, some of our members can, can 
complete their reports in the vehicles, and it's a step towards full in-car reporting. The software is estimated to have a lifetime of five years before it could become obsolete. Wednesday, the Moostraw Cultural Centre is welcoming back Jeffrey Straker. The Canadian artist is coming to perform his latest album, Just Before Sunrise, and will feature some brand new songs as well. Straker told us how excited he is to be back performing in the friendly city. And, uh, in full disclosure, the May Wilson Theatre in the Cultural Centre is my favourite venue in the province, so I, I can't wait. Tickets for the show can be bought at moostrawculture.ca and jeffreystraker.com. The Provincial Emergency Operations Centre currently has no plans to take ICU triage to the next level. Hospitals are at critical care triage stage one. That does not define exclusions or inclusions into ICU. Derek Miller, chief of operations for the SHA, said what we are seeing is surgeries that may need an ICU bed for recovery and are being cancelled. Right now we've been operating on a, on a basically on a first-come, first-served basis for um, ICU care. Critical care triage stage two would see the exclusion of end-of-life organ failure with a life expectancy of less than one year. And now, the Golden West Radio Money Scope for Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is up 63 points, the Dow Jones is up 77 points, the NASDAQ is up 103 points, and the Canadian dollar is down at 80.74 cents U.S. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News on discovermoosejaw.com. Capacity limits are no longer in place today in most of Ontario's restaurants and gyms. The province announced Friday that it would do away with the caps and settings where proof of vaccination against COVID-19 is required. Meantime, in British Columbia, capacity restrictions on gatherings will be lifted today across much of the province, with the exception of areas where vaccination rates are low. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will unveil his new cabinet tomorrow. Trudeau is under pressure to shuffle Defence Minister Harjit Sanjan to a new portfolio amid criticism for his handling of sexual misconduct allegations among the military's senior ranks. It was a deadly weekend of gun violence in Toronto. Police are investigating seven shootings, four of which were fatal. Investigators say 28-year-old Kamal Daly was fatally shot early Saturday morning, less than two hours before Donald Smokey Marson died of a gunshot wound. A third man was shot and killed in a plaza parking lot on Saturday afternoon, and a taxi driver died Sunday evening after reportedly being shot while behind the wheel. And a crew member says she's raised safety concerns in the past about the assistant director, who authorities say handed actor Alec Baldwin the prop gun that he fired, killing a cinematographer on the Rust film set in New Mexico last Thursday. Prop maker and licensed pyrotechnician Maggie Gall claims she filed an internal complaint with the executive producers of Hulu's Into the Dark series in 2019 over concerns about assistant director Dave Hall's behavior on set. I'm Pam Fedick. Now, discover Moose Jaw Sports. Well, they took a 3-1 lead into the third period, but the Moose Jaw Warriors gave up four third-period goals and dropped a 5-4 decision to the Winnipeg Ice Saturday night at Mosaic Place. Connor McLennan scored the winning goal with just 45 seconds on the clock. The Ice now a perfect 9-0 to start the new Western Hockey League season, while the Warriors record dropped to 3-5 on the season. Eric Allry recorded two assists for the Warriors on Saturday night. And he agreed after the game, it's hard to figure out how the Warriors can play with the ice for 40 minutes and not for a full 60. Both uh, both times we were pretty much playing the same pace as them. We're, yeah, our last game against them was 3-2 in the middle of the game. This time we were 4-1 in the middle of the third period. So you just can't take stupid penalties. That killed us the last game, that killed us this game. And uh, I find that when we take penalties, we panic. So we just got keep our composure, and uh, keep doing what we uh, we do in the first two periods. Moose Jaw's back in action Wednesday night when they travel to Saskatoon. Those Blades beat the Regina Pants 4-1 last night. High school football in the local league on the weekend. Yorkton Raiders came into Moose Jaw and beat the Vanier Vikings 39-7. And in Weyburn, the Eagles camped off their undefeated regular season going 6-0. They beat the Peacock Tornadoes 30 nothing. 
Playoffs are up next. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders with a big win in Calgary Saturday night. Cody Fajardo threw for 222 yards and a pair of touchdowns in the second half as the Riders beat the Stamps 2017. Saskatchewan now 6-4 and four on the season and two points up on Calgary for second place in the West. Next up for Saskatchewan, a trip to Montreal. They'll play the Alouettes this coming Saturday night. World Series begins tomorrow night. The Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. Game 1 at Houston's Minute Maid Park. And Monday Night Football in the NFL features the New Orleans Saints up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. Cloudy and windy today. A wind out of the southeast, 50 gusting to 70 at times. The high today, 12. Tonight, cloudy. Showers this evening, up to 10 millimeters overnight. Wind, southwest 30, gusting to 50, becoming light near midnight. Overnight, low, plus 5. Tomorrow, showers in the morning, then cloudy in the afternoon, the high 12. Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud, high 12. Thursday, sunny, high 10. Friday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 10. By the way, long range for Halloween on Sunday, cool. A mix of sun and cloud with a high no better than 2 degrees. Yesterday's high for Moose Jaw, 5. Normal high at this time of year is 8, with a normal low of minus 5. Record high, 24, set in 1990. The record low, minus 21 in 1957. Sun came up at 741, and the sun goes down at 551. This hour, Moose Jaw, 8 degrees, Regina, 4, Assiniboia Gravelberg, 5, Rockland Coronac, 5, Swift Current, 7, Elbow, 6, Davidson Watrous, 4, once again, Assiniboia, 5, Regina, 4, and with the wind southeast at 44, gusting to 61, and the relative humidity to 71%, it's 8 degrees in Moose Jaw. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. For Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Breezy conditions and warm temperatures will occur across the majority of Saskatchewan today, but we are looking at colder temperatures coming up later this week and continuing next week. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. The cool weather is still a couple of days away, and we will experience some breezy conditions across much of the province today with temperatures well above average. We'll be looking at afternoon temperatures running in the teens across a big part of the province. There will be a few extremes getting into the lower 20s and we'll expect those wind speeds to be gusting into the range of 45 to 65 kilometers per hour and some gusts to 70 or more. We do expect the wind to be widespread across the region, although the greatest speeds will certainly be in the southwest and west-central parts of the province. Now, we do expect the winds to lighten up as we go into the evening and overnight tonight from west to east as a frontal boundary drifts across the region. This frontal system will bring with it a chance for some shower activity, but the precipitation amounts are going to be relatively light. The only reason why the precipitation becomes a little bit more meaningful is because the frontal system is slow to advance. It will still be exiting the eastern parts of the region Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. And so we'll see moisture totals with this frontal boundary running from about 2 to around 7 millimeters in general. And there'll be a small band of perhaps 7 to maybe 13 or 14 millimeter amounts. Right now those greater totals look like they will probably occur around the Quill Lakes region up towards Hudson Bay and on farther to the northeast into the Paw Manitoba. Now this particular region of of greater precipitation will probably be adjusted. It has already been reduced in the last 24 hours, and its timing and position is going to shift so that it may not be exactly the area I've just described, but you can expect at least a narrow band of greater precipitation in a small portion of the province. Other than that, I think the western parts of the province are not likely to see much in the way of significant moisture. That would include quite a few areas west of a line from the Valmarie area, up to Prince Albert and most everybody to the west is not going to see meaningful moisture. There will be a follow-up shot of cool air and that comes across the region as we finish out the week and go into the weekend. By the time we're in the middle of the weekend and into early next week, we will see temperatures much cooler with highs in the negative and positive single digits and lows well into the negative single digits. In fact, some locations may stay below minus 10. We do have a chance for some rain and snow to precede the coldest air and that will likely occur as we go 
Friday into Saturday. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Hi folks, Tim from Young's Equipment, your genuine Case IH parts and service dealer. Let's plan for next year. Book winter inspections on Case IH combines, tractors, and sprayers. Pricing of these quality service packages is held from last year until January 31st. Book now to take advantage of 10% off all genuine Case IH parts installed with the inspection. Special trucking rates and Young's loyalty program. Slots are filling fast. Contact Young's Equipment to avoid disappointment. Check youngs.ca today. This is Greg Marston from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. By the way, I was going to mention this during the weather. Uh, rainfall totals from the weekend here in Moose Jaw, 4.4 millimeters. I would have guessed it was more because it was steady for a number of hours, but 4.4 officially in the Environment Canada rain gauges. 21.5 millimeters, the total so far for October. Certainly we could use uh, a lot more than that, but uh, 21.5, certainly welcome for the month of October, and that rain is soaking in. Uh, 4.4 on the weekend. You know what? They had 300 millimeters of rain in that terrible storm on the west coast, uh, the Vancouver co- uh, Van- uh, the BC coast, Vancouver Island getting pelted today with wind and rain. And in San Francisco on the weekend, 300 millimeters fell. They had, uh, well, it was a terrible storm. There's landslides, and the, the cleanup is on today. The Road Report on the Heartland at Noon is brought to you by My Addictions Clothing Boutique in the Town & Country Mall. New fall fashions have just arrived. Small to 2XL at My Addictions Clothing Boutique, Town & Country Mall. Well, this morning I counted 19 different jobs on the go for City of Moose Jaw crews and contractors. Make that 20. City Hall letting us know there's a sewer and water relay job going on on the 1000 block of Cotto Street today. Cast iron water main uh, replacement continues. Uh, they're working hard to get it done before it gets too cold out there. Ninth Avenue Northwest in Caribou still closed to traffic, but paving is scheduled for the 800 block uh, this week uh, east of Elgin Avenue. It's expected to be complete by October the 28th, so that's uh, this week. Surface work continues on the 900 block, and the 10th Avenue Northwest intersection remains temporarily closed. 7th Northwest, Cast Iron Water Main, uh, they're still closed. The intersection is still closed at Oxford Street and Carlton Street, getting that Cast Iron Water Main work as well. And uh, the 10th Avenue intersection at Carlton Street also remains closed to traffic. Now, today's Paul Martin Commentary. We're on the rebound, but it will still look pale compared to what Americans expect to spend on Halloween this year. We're now starting to get some early estimates of how much attention and money Canadians are planning to direct towards candy and costumes this year. Perhaps the most significant development, though, is we're back. A year ago, the pandemic Halloween was a mere shadow of the normal $100 per person that we spent when it fell to just $50, but now we're making a comeback with projected spending of $68. Last year, participation, that meant either dressing up or handing out candy, dropped off from a pre-COVID norm in the 60% range to just 35%. This year, it's expected to bounce back to more than half of all of us. That's nothing compared to how Americans will approach this day. They expect to spend $10 billion, or more than $100 per person, twice what we'll be spending, with $3.5 billion going to costumes, about the same for decorations, and slightly less for candy. I'm Paul Martin. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. Trade boring for bowling at South Hill Bowling Center. Party on with Rock and Glow Bowling all weekend. Book your Christmas parties now before the prime spots are filled. Fully licensed with automatic scoring. For reservations, call 693-0955. The Festival of Trees Homegrown Christmas will be live-streamed on Saturday, December 4th. Host your very own festival gala. Don your best. Log on for free and have a homegrown Christmas with friends in the comfort of home. For more information on how you or your business can get involved and support the healthcare champions at the Dr. F.H. Wigmore Regional Hospital, visit mjhf.org or call 306-694-0373. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Got the COVID-19 update here. 
Starting today, the COVID-19 vaccination booster program has expanded to more residents across the province. We let you know about this uh, last week. So just a reminder, residents 65 and older, uh, those in the far north or those living on First Nation communities age 50 plus, along with health care workers and individuals born 2009 or earlier with underlying health conditions, you're all eligible as of today to receive a booster shot. Immunization records will be confirmed at the vaccination site to ensure it's been at least six months since your last COVID-19 vaccination. Now, the next vaccination clinic, from what I can see from the SHA in Moose Jaw, is this Thursday from 10 until 5. And there's another one a week from tomorrow, Tuesday, November 2nd, both of them at the Moose Jaw Exhibition Convention Center and both from 10 till 5 on both of those days. As of yesterday, we had 2,963 active COVID cases across the province. That's down from 3,104 the last time we talked on Friday. So that's down by 141 since the last time you and I were together on this program. We have 78 active cases in the South Central Zone. That's up by one since we aired the Heartland at noon on Friday. We have 285 people in hospitals province-wide, and 74 of them are in intensive care units. That number is down by three from Saturday. The 2,963 active case count marks the first time since September 4th that our active case count was below 3,000. Of the 285 COVID-19 patients in Saskatchewan hospitals, 71% are not fully vaccinated. As of yesterday, Sunday, a total of eight Saskatchewan cases have now been sent out of province. Premier Scott Moe addressing the province this hour. His presentation was scheduled uh, for right around noon, so uh, too late to get him on this program. But we'll certainly share his messaging on discovermoosejaw.com this afternoon, and we hope to have uh, some of what he has to say on this program tomorrow. We're also expecting an update today from the Provincial Emergency Operations Center sometime this afternoon. So uh, we'll have that for you tomorrow as well. Uh, Dr. Alexander Wong continues to take to Twitter to uh, keep us uh, filled in. Yesterday, he posted this. Some are very angry that Saskatchewan healthcare workers, like myself, are being political. We're being told to stay in our lanes. The doctor went on to write, I'd be more than happy to go back to my boring, anonymous life if our elected officials stopped being medical. And stayed in their lanes, too. So the war of words continues on social media between Dr. Alexander Wong and uh, provincial politicians. Same thing goes for Dr. Hassan Masri of uh, Saskatoon. Uh, He's calling on Scott Moe to make a a number of uh, announcements. And you can follow him on Facebook. So Dr. Masri's active on Facebook. Dr. Alexander Wong active on Twitter. And I've been following both of them uh, for months. And uh, I'd suggest if uh, you want to be engaged, uh, you follow them on social media as well. We will take a brief time out and we'll be back to tell you about a brand new picture book that's out just in time for Christmas. Something especially for the Saskatchewan farmer. Never mind the farmer. The Saskatchewanian. Anybody who grew up on the prairies is going to enjoy this book. Heartland at noon on CHAB. Get big yields and big rewards with CS2300 from Canterra Seeds, a Roundup-ready canola hybrid that has set the standard for yield and standability. Now, get a $50 per bag instant reward on all purchases of CS2300 with no bundling or minimum purchase requirements. Just simple, straight-up savings. Reap the rewards of this yield powerhouse. Visit Canterra.com to order CS2300 from your preferred retailer today. Always read and follow Grain Market and stewardship requirements and pesticide label directions. It's fall, which means it's time to fall in love with a great deal on tires. Save up to $200 on a set of four select tires until December 11th. Book your appointment today at FountainTire.com. Financing options available. Fountain Tire. We're on this road together. Hi, I'm Clive Tolley. I've been a coach for many years, volunteering my time to minor hockey, minor girls softball, and minor baseball. Working with our young people, I've learned that leadership, vision, and teamwork are the path to success. As a city councillor and as a person active in our community, I've learned from experience how we should plan for the future. I'm running for mayor so I can make a difference and bring practical solutions to our city's problems. I ask for your vote at the advance polls. Hop on the trolley. Vote for Tolly. Paid for and authorized by the official agent for Clive Tolly. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB.
Hop on the trolley and vote for Tolly. That's the best campaign slogan so far during this election campaign. Yeah, it's not long. Uh, next week, as a matter of fact, we go to the polls to elect a new mayor of Moose Jaw, Mr. Tolly, one of nine people seeking that position. So uh, that that's exciting. Grain elevators, beacons of the prairies. If you grew up on the prairies, especially if you grew up in rural areas, this is a book you must have. Grain Elevators, Beacons of the Prairies has just been released in bookstores. The author, the photographer, is Saskatchewanian Chris Attrell, a gifted photographer who has spent years gathering these pictures. Attrell taking some time out of his busy schedule late last week to tell us about his new work. I got the news release from McIntyre Purcell Publishing uh, and an invitation to learn more about a brand new book called Grain Elevators, Beacons of the Prairies by award-winning photographer Chris Attrell. With his new book, the best-selling author of Forgotten Saskatchewan continues his captivating exploration of the Canadian prairies, offering evocative images of the symbolic sentinels that have dominated the western landscape for more than a century. Attrell, a world-class photographer, is the author of the best-selling book, Forgotten Saskatchewan, the most popular photo essay book in Canada in 2019. His work has been featured in newspapers and magazines, and exhibits of his work have been shown in galleries across the prairies, including right here in Saskatchewan. It also says in this release that if I'd like an interview with Chris or have any other questions, don't hesitate uh, Don't hesitate to call. So I, I called, and here we are with Chris on the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Nice to talk to you again, Chris. Nice talking to you. How have things been? I'm absolutely amazing. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's good to hear. A wonderful book, uh, and I think uh, I told you the last time we talked a couple years ago, my favorite books are picture books, so this is just fabulous. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's it's really something. Uh, some of the photos absolutely spectacular. And uh, the text uh, in the book written by uh, Christine Hanlon, you two teamed up to do a wonderful job. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I won't read through all of the text, and there's not a lot. Uh, there's a foreword uh, before you get uh, you get into the uh, the book, the picture book, and and uh, and each photo comes with a caption explaining uh, where the grain elevator uh, is or was uh, located. Uh, let me just read a little bit of what Christine wrote. Uh, grain elevators, beacon of the prairies, rising above the landscape. The grain elevator heralds a time when wheat was king across the west. At their zenith, nearly 6,000 of these iconic beacons define the economy and skyline of the Canadian prairies. While many still stand, every year their numbers dwindle. Sometimes these towering signposts are all that is left of a town or hamlet once built around them. In fact, the grain elevator evolved in lockstep with western settlement when the development of hardy wheat strains made it possible for Canadian farmers to grow enough grain to feed the world. That's just a short piece of what you'll <laughs> uh, you'll read at the start of the book, the text by Christine Hanlon, and then the, the photography by Chris Attrell. Uh, how long did it take you to put this book together? And, and going back in, in time, uh, you started uh, taking these photos uh, years ago, correct? Yeah, I started this back in 2003 when I still lived in Calgary. I've always loved the grain elevators. And then in 2003, I went for a road trip just as they were tearing down a grain elevator in Champion, Alberta. So that's when I began to journey to make sure I capture as many as I can before they're all gone. Do you know off the top of your head how many are left? Yeah, there's approximately 400 of the old classic wooden grain elevators still left across B.C., Saskatchewan, Alberta, and Manitoba. And you feature uh, grain elevators from all four of those provinces in, in this wonderful book. And uh, like, the, uh, like the text says, um, uh, in, in some cases, some of these grain elevators are all that's left of, of some of these communities. And some of the, the photos are actually quite haunting, aren't they? Yeah, so you get to some of those small towns where the, the trains were pulled out in like the 60s or 70s. Somehow the grain elevator survived, but the rest of the town did not. So it looks kind of lonely and, you know, like isolated. I want to go through some of the photos and, and, uh, and ask you about them. Uh, on page 14, Climax, Saskatchewan. Uh, you got a wonderful photo of the grain elevator there at nighttime at, with a shooting star. Yes, that one is actually the Neil Weiss comment. If you remember, like last July, a year ago, 
we had that Neowise Comet for like two weeks. So I timed it for the peak time when it was going to be at its brightest, and I went and sat, because what better place than have a beautiful grain elevator at Climax Saskatchewan with that massive comet behind it? Unbelievable. How many photos did you take to get that one? Actually, that was pretty much it. I mean, I planned that one really good, and I knew I just, it was just the timing. So the hardest part was waiting the hour and a half until it was in the right spot. Wow. And then click, and you had it. <laughs> yeah, it was actually that simple. Wow, absolutely fabulous. Uh, page 23, I want to talk to you about uh, Thunder Creek, Saskatchewan, and the old elevator there, which still stands, right? Oh, yeah, it's family-owned now. Someone bought it, and they use it still. Wow. Uh, still bears the name of the Searle Grain Company. Uh, it was built in 1936, later owned by the Wheat Pool, and closed in 79 before being sold to the, the Marzoff family. So uh, so there's that. And that, of course, is in nearby Thunder Creek, uh, just uh, west-northwest of Moose Jaw. Gravelberg, the old elevator there, got a, you got a nice shot of that one. Yes, and that one, one, that grain elevator in Gravelberg is special because it was community support to save their oldest grain elevator, and they managed to not only fundraise and do it and pull it off, but they've given it a nice paint job. And I'm really happy that was, um, some communities were able to save one. Yeah, and that one's 106 years old, which is absolutely remarkable. Uh, perhaps my favorite photo uh, in the book, uh, page 38, uh, from Rex, Saskatchewan. You've got uh, three cows looking at you, a beautiful old pioneer grain elevator with a rainbow right over the elevator. That was perfect timing. Yeah, sometimes it is really about perfect timing. And if you notice a lot of the pictures in the book, I prefer doing photography when the weather's not really what you call nice, like thunderstorms, middle of the night snow. And that one, the rain, the thunderstorm just passed. I couldn't believe I got all three, cows, rainbow, and a pioneer grain elevator. Fabulous. Uh, by the way, where is Rex, Saskatchewan? It's right along the Alberta-Saskatchewan border, north of Lloydminster. Okay. Chris Attrell's our guest on the Heartland at noon. He has just produced, uh, just published, uh, thanks to uh, McIntyre Purcell Publishing, a brand new picture book called Grain Elevators, Beacons of the Prairies, uh, just in time for uh, Christmas. Um, let's go to Mortlach, Saskatchewan. Uh, you got a nice shot of the old Wheat Pool and Patterson elevators, which are side by side. Yeah, that, and the sad thing is both of them are gone now. But one of my first trips through Saskatchewan, I stopped in Mortlach, and I just... Love that old green elevator with the classic Saskatchewan wheat pool logo on it. So I really, really like that one a lot. And it's right along the highway, so I'm sure most people in Saskatchewan who drove down Highway 1 remember seeing the more light grain elevators. And you got the old Patterson uh, grain elevator in uh, Kipling, and that one's still around, right? No, sadly they tore that one down last year. Oh, I like that sort of style of grain elevator, but they just finally tore them down. One by one, we're losing us like 5 to 10 a year now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you stopped in Tuxford, Saskatchewan, one day to capture the elevator there. Oh, yes, and it happened to be a nice lightning storm, too. I was really happy to capture one with a good lightning bolt in it. Yeah, beautiful. Just just spectacular. There's no other word that can describe it. Uh, and that elevator's still there, right? That's correct. Yeah. You were also uh, careful to, uh, I mean, some of your shots are, are just great, capturing, uh, you know, abandoned old vehicles and, and capturing, in some cases, uh, Main Street of, of, uh, of uh, some of the communities, like Stavely, Manitoba, uh, the shot of their uh, Stavely Grain Elevator with the, uh, the old Stavely Hotel in the forefront. <laughs> well, because what I try to do with some of the pictures, too, is try to capture that spirit of what it must have been like to live in these small towns, you know, in the... 40s, 50s, 60s. The green elevator was kind of like the center of economic activity for most of these places. And they try to, you know, to capture like the hotels. That's where they usually had the bar where the farmers used to go and hang out with each other after unloading their grain. So a lot of the pictures I did try to capture the spirit with that. Chris Attrell's our guest. He's a gifted photographer who makes his home in Shaunavon, Saskatchewan these days. Where are you from originally, sir? Well, I was born in Calgary, so that's why I'm able to live in Canada. But I was raised, actually, um, mostly in Houston, Texas. But I lived in a small town called Sydney, Montana, for like less than a year when I was a kid. And it's just like Saskatchewan. It had grain elevators, ranching, and farming. So I think that's where the seed was planted that I love this kind of stuff. And Saskatchewan is the best place to live if you like living in the 
you know, farming communities, those um, small towns. I love it here. I think you kind of explained it already, but but what what attracted you to Shonovan? Well, when I was still living in Banff, it was too expensive to buy a house there. Like, it was like half a million dollars just for an apartment. In Shonovan, Saskatchewan, back in 2006, we bought the big brick house on two lots for a hundred grand. That's pretty good price. That's what attracted you to Shonovan. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it had all the services, paved roads, so I just loved it. And I still live there. It's been 15 years, and we're very happy. Right on. Wonderful community. Now, do you uh, are you a full-time photographer? Tell me what, uh, what keeps the paychecks rolling in. Well, usually what I do is I go all over Western Canada, and I love that part, teaching photography in big cities, small towns. But ever since COVID came along, I haven't been able to do it that much. But it's still my main job, and I can't wait to get started again to go visit all those communities all over the place. Yeah, like uh, like every profession, the uh, the pandemic has impacted you and your business, hey? Yeah, but it's also given me a lot of free time to do other projects. So, and you know, I can't wait to get back, though. <laughs> Tell us about uh, other projects that are in the works. Well, because I love night photography, and I love living here in Canada, the one I'm working on now is I'm doing... I'm going to try to find the most interesting places all across Canada and do night photography at them. So it's going to be this really cool picture of night photography, but not at the most common kinds of scenery that we're used to. Finding, like, interesting buildings. You know, it wasn't long ago, uh, just earlier this fall, actually, that we featured uh, Chad Wells from Wells Camera and Sound here in Moose Jaw on our 800 CHAB partner profile. And and uh, we talked about uh, all things Wells Camera and Sound. And, and um, you know, I, I brought up the fact that everybody's a photographer now because everybody's got a, got, a, got a camera on their phone. So everybody's taking pictures. Everybody's posting pictures on, on social media. And I, I wondered if that had impacted business at, at Wells Camera. And Chad said, surprisingly, not. He said photography is still a, a, a most popular hobby for a lot of people. Uh, and they still sell lots of high-quality camera gear uh so that that's encouraging to know now tell us about the gear you use well until this year i just used an average dslr camera with an average lens for most of my photography then i did upgrade to a higher end lens and camera this year mostly just because well my wife you know wanted to spoil me a bit but you don't really need to have expensive equipment that neowise comment at climax saskatchewan was shot with an entry-level Canon M50 that you can buy at the camera store right there in Moose Jaw for probably less than eight to $900, I think. You don't need to have expensive equipment. You just need to know how to use the equipment you own. What are your favorite brands? I like Canon and Nikon mostly because Canon, because the accessories are more affordable. But I've been using Nikon for 20 years now, so I'm kind of using that one. For beginners who just want to do it as a hobby, you might as well just use a Canon camera, which you could buy right there in Moose Jaw, so that you can get good resale value and get lenses for a reasonable price. Very good. Very good. Now, I'm assuming uh, you develop your own photographs? Well, because it's all digital, I don't really have to use developing, but I do a little bit of editing, but just a little bit. Like, I don't do Photoshop. I just use a little bit of, like, contrast, highlights, you know, straighten the picture, crop the picture, stuff they used to do in the darkroom. Okay, and right on your computer. Yep. Awesome. Well, congratulations on what is a, a beautiful book. It's it's on uh, bookstore shelves now. It's called Grain Elevators, Beacons of the Prairies by Chris Attrell, the text by Christine Hanlon. I hope you sell a million copies, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, and it's just, it's just fresh out, right? Like, it, it just went on the market not long ago. Yeah, it was released last month, and it's now available at, like, all the bookstores, like McNally, Robinson, and Saskatoon, plus Kohl's, Chapters, and Indigo. Very good. Again, congratulations, Chris. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I think I pretty much covered everything. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time. I wish you nothing but success with the book, and I'll remind our listeners, Grain Elevators, Beacons of the Prairies, uh, you can get it now. And, uh, and timely, right? Well, just in time for Christmas. Yes, that's, inc- that's correct. <laughs> Good strategy, my friend. <laughs> Was that a stupid question, by the way? Do you develop your own photographs? Did, did I just show my age? Do they even develop film anymore? I don't know. It's all digital.
it'll happen again. I promise. <laughs> we'll take a time out and be back. Really enjoyed James Gallo's visit with young Max Warner, big defenseman for the Moose John Warriors, the other night. I'll share it with you when we come back. Heartland at noon on CHAB. Attention malt barley growers. Prairie Malt and Bigger is offering competitive bids on 2021 Copeland, Metcalf, Synergy, Connect, Fraser, and Bow Barley varieties. And they also require soft white wheat, so send them samples today. Aggressive bids and nearby movement is available for malt barley and soft white wheat into Bigger, Saskatchewan. Contact Prairie Malt today for details and pricing. 1-306-948-3500. 1-306-948-3500. Call today. Hey, Alexa, play 800 CHAB. Wait, how'd you do that? Who's Alexa? Our new smart device. Oh, I thought you got a dog and she hit play on the stereo. Set up your Alexa to play 800 CHAB. It's as easy as the click of a button. Find instructions under the quick links at discovermoosejaw.com. Whether it's a scrimmage with friends, the game-winning goal, or a personal best, sports, activity, exercise, it feels great. But sometimes we overdo it and need help to get back in the game, back on the ice, and back to active. The Moose Jaw Co-op Pharmacy at Hillcrest has the supports and bracing you need to do just that. For home health and active living solutions, see the Moose Jaw Co-op Pharmacy at Hillcrest, corner of Main and Thatcher. The Moose Jaw Co-op. Be part of something bigger. With winter comes lots of great things, like ice skating, warm sweaters, and fresh snowfalls. Winter also comes with winter driving. No matter how long you've driven on our snowy Saskatchewan roads, it's tough to take on those sneaky ice patches. Accidents happen, and Moose Jaw Toyota Auto Body is here to help repair any vehicle. Whether it's a mild fender bender or a serious car crash, our team will make sure you're satisfied with the entire repair process. Visit Moose Jaw Toyota Auto Body for all your collision repair needs. You're listening to 800 CHAB along with us at LBBD Auto Body. Hi, I'm Terry, and we are proud to say that we now have the highest level of accreditation for safe and quality collision repair in town. Discover Moosejaw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. Today, mainly cloudy wind from the southeast at 50 kilometers per hour, gusting up to 70 with a high of 12. Tonight, mainly cloudy, a few showers beginning early this evening. Local amount of 10 millimeters. Wind from the southeast at 30 kilometers per hour, gusting up to 50 and becoming light near midnight, and we'll see a low of plus 5. Tomorrow, a few showers ending in the morning, then mainly cloudy. Wind coming from the west at 20 kilometers per hour near noon and a high of 12. Tomorrow night, clear with a low of plus 1. Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 12. Thursday, sunny with a high of 10. Friday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 10. For complete online weather anytime, click on discovermoosejaw.com or the Moose Jaw Live app. I'm Katherine Ludwig. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. I had to bump this interview on uh, Friday, but I'm glad we have time to share it with you today. If you weren't before, you will be a fan of Moose Jaw Warriors defenseman Max Warner. Such a nice young man and very well-spoken. He's an Estevan guy, six foot three, 184 pounds, a stay-at-home defenseman, taken in the seventh round of this year's NHL draft by the Edmonton Oilers. Voice of the Warriors, James Gallo, featured Max during Warriors hockey on Country 100 just a few days ago. Max, uh, you know, I want to rewind first off to that hub season. Weird, unusual, it was great to get a season in, but uh, it wasn't, you know, what kind of everybody expected. But for you personally, uh, how important was it to have that season and get used to the speed, the skill, and the life in the Western Hockey League? Uh, like you said, it was, uh, it was a great opportunity to get to play hockey in that time, of course. But just getting into the bubble, really uh, just jumping into things your first year, obviously. There was a lot of good teams in the bubble, and... Uh, it, was, it was really good. You were playing every other night, and you are with the guys all the time. It was really good for your development as a, as a player. Now you get out of the hub. When you go into the offseason, what did you want to attack to try and improve yourself? 
Uh, I wanted to work on trying to get shots through and just working on my speed because game's always getting faster, so you got to grow with the game. So who did you work with, Max? I know you're kind of based in Moose Jaw throughout the course of the summer. Who did you work with to try and improve yourself? Uh, I was in Karenport. I did the program there all summer with uh, the fitness strength coach. His name is Dustin. And uh, we had lots of great guys, on coaches on the ice too, guys like Micah and Robes and so... <laughs> well, did you spend a lot of time with Atlee Calvert too out in Careport? And that's where Atlee worked with Dustin Friesen as well. Did you guys work together throughout the summer? Yeah, I mean, we were together every day. We'd go in the morning, work out, skate, and then go play golf. It's a pretty good summer. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of, of Jaden Hobblegawaks and Tanner Janot, who, you know, played here, and then they go to the offseason, and then they work out together. They push themselves to be better. Do you find that relationship with Atlee that you guys push each other the ice? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is probably our fourth or fifth year playing together so we've really got to know each other and we've pushed each other to the limits every year talking with Bushow Warriors defenseman Max Warner Max six of eight defensemen returning from the hub season how much does that help the Bushow Warriors blue line really brings a lot of experience and poise to the back end there and really just it's a calming presence out there to have so many guys returning and uh, already in touch with our systems is it that familiarity that leads people to the believe that the Warriors' defense is one of their visible strengths? Well, that, and I mean, there's three or four drafted players, <laughs> and three, one on the way. So, I mean, it is a very strong blue line, and uh, it, sh- it helps us win hockey games for sure. You're one of those drafted guys. You attended your first NHL training camp with the Edmonton Oilers. How was that experience? Uh, it's, it's a very it's an unforgettable experience. It's one I'll cherish for the rest of my life. When you see the game played at that level, close up and on the ice, does it give you a glimpse of how you need to improve yourself? Yeah, I mean, as you go up every level of hockey, you just you have you got to get bigger, faster, stronger, and it's no different making that jump to uh, the NHL. Now, going back to the Michelle Warriors, uh, Max, what would you view your role on this team as? And as the season goes on, how do you want to build a bigger role with this organization? Uh, my role is just. Uh, be a steady Eddie on the back end, just really chip in when I can, but more of a shutdown guy and uh, hoping to chip in a little more offensively this year. Well, I'm going to get to that in a little bit of a moment there, Max, but uh, getting to know Max Warner, Bouchard Warriors defensive. Now, I'm saying Max Warner, but we're shortening it up. <laughs> Maximus is actually the real name. You know, there's always stories behind names. For example, my youngest daughter's name is Jordan. The name came from a comic book. Yeah. Maximus, where does that come from? Uh... Well, I would chalk it up to my parents being big Gladiator fans, but... <laughs> it's a great movie. Is that where it came from? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to believe it's from there. It's a pretty good name. Now, Max, you know, you spent a lot of time, uh, you know, in Moose Jaw, Karenport, in the area over the last, you know, four or five years. Uh, because of your familiarity with the community, does that drive you to excel more to lead this team to new heights that they maybe haven't been before? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great community, and obviously we want to see this team uh, winning in, in our winning ways. We want to get better every season and just build on what we did last year in the bubble, of course, and see what we can do this year. Now, you grew up in Estevan, and of course we talked about, you know, Karen Port, who's just spending a lot of time. Who are some of the minor hockey coaches at any level that have had a big impact on you? Uh, there's a few for sure. I mean, Micah Abbott in Karenport, Tom Copeland in Estevan playing Bantam AA, uh, Midget Hockey, Trevor, Trevor Weisenberger yeah. uh, with the AAA Moose Warriors. There's All those guys have just been a tremendous help for me in my hockey career so far. Winding down with Max Warner. Maximus Warner winding down. A couple of fun questions. First off, Max, is it going to feel like the weight of the world gets lifted off your shoulders when you score that first WHL goal? Yeah, I mean, I, really, I'm not too concerned with scoring goals. I'm more of a shutdown guy, but it'll it'll be a real nice feeling. You'll see a you'll see a real nice Sally. Max, here's a couple of fun questions. If you could go for a meal with one NHL player, who would it be and why? One NHL player, uh, I'd say uh, probably Chris Russell. Uh, I skated with him while I was in Edmonton, and he's just got that veteran presence. He's been around the league a long time. He knows what's what, and I think yeah, I could learn a lot from a guy like that. What's your go-to movie to watch on the bus? Go-to movie? Probably Hot Rod or the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you prefer the comedy. Uh, lastly, Max, if you could play any other sport, what would that be? 
Oh, I would say golf 100%. <laughs> you, well, you spent a lot of time with Ali Calvert. He had two hole-in-ones. Were you with him on both times? Uh, I was out there with him for one of them, and... Uh, I don't know. Somebody could have kicked it in. <laughs> so there's a lot of speculation on that one hole in one. <laughs> Max, it's great to catch up to you. Again, really enjoying your development, watching you grow as a player, watching you grow as a young man. It's exciting to see what this hockey team can do. Good luck as the season continues. Thank you so much. James Gallo with the voice of that. Well, he's the voice of the Warriors. James Gallo with Warriors defenseman Max Warner. He's now played in 30 Western Hockey League games. And as James... Mentioned no goals yet, but he's got seven assists, seven points, and just 21 penalty minutes over the course of those 30 games. Clean living defenseman, Max Warner, Moose Jaw Warriors. We'll take your time out and be back. We've got enough time for this. Wild boars, a growing concern, not necessarily in southern Saskatchewan, but not that far from here. We'll share that story with you next on the Heartland at Noon. 800 CHAB, connecting the community. I'm Tegan Wicko. Your donation to the Better Together Food Drive could be worth twice as much this year. Here's Jason Moore from the Moose Jaw Food Bank with all the details. We are Better Together. It's that time of year again. By now, a Better Together flyer has been hand-delivered to your house in an effort to raise funds for the Moose Jaw District Food Bank. This year, Casino Moose Jaw is matching your donation dollar for dollar up to $10,000. This means your donation could be doubled. What a great investment into our community. To donate online, visit mjfoodbank.org or mail a check to 270 Fairford Street West, S6H1V6. Food donations can be dropped off at our new location Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Thank you to everyone for your support. Connecting the community. Brought to you by Urban Cellars. Located on South Hill, serving all of Moose Jaw. They offer a large selection of wines, spirits, beers, and seltzers. Stop by today. Rasa Whitecap Charlet and How Red Angus. Serving you in the past, present, and the future. Charlet and Red Angus, designed for your ranch needs. And Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. They weren't a problem in our province until just a few years ago, within the last decade. Wild boars they are, and they're doing some major damage in some parts of the province, mostly up around the Prince Albert region, around St. Brew. Discover Moose Jaw's Catherine Ludwig chatted with Mark Ferguson, the general manager at Sass Pork, and she also talked with Darby Warner, the executive director at Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation. They oversee the tactical teams that are sent out to handle reports of wild boars. Ferguson starts off with Catherine. Uh, telling us why these wild boars are such an issue. So a group of wild boars is called a sounder. Would you say sounders are still a prevalent issue in Saskatchewan? Well, for sure. We are aware there's uh, there's feral wild, wild pigs present in the province, and uh, but the extent of the problem and the exact locations of the pigs are something we continue to work on uh, provincially. And you know, the first thing I think it's important to note that uh, that wild boar are not native to Saskatchewan. They're an invasive species and uh, and one that is in the public interest to eradicate as soon as possible. Um, you know, feral wild boar and domestic pigs escaping or being released from farming operations is probably what what started the problem, and it continues to be a problem today. They can damage private property and have a serious impact on native plants and other animal species due to their feeding habit, feeding habits and their reproductive capabilities. So they can also carry viruses and other diseases that can be transmitted to domestic pigs and other livestock. And one serious issue uh, that, that other countries are finding is with a disease called African swine fever. And so in, in Germany and, and other European countries, it got into the wild population. And uh, not, and then it's very pop, very difficult to eliminate it. So for, the, for these reasons, uh, pork producers are quite concerned about the wild boar population in the province. I'm chatting with Mark Ferguson, general manager at Sask Pork, and we are talking about the prevalence of the wild boar population in Saskatchewan. Are you able to give me an estimate of how big the population in the province is now? Well, the population size and estimating that is one of the big problems because it's they're a really uh, difficult animal to track and to find. And so 
you know, uh, one of the things that, that we encourage people to do is when they do see a wild boar out in, in uh, rural areas, is to report that to, uh, to one of the various places that are available to do that. So we, we run a hotline, uh, 180 uh, Pig Spot, and you can also report, uh, report them to your uh, local crop insurance office. And uh, wh- when those reports come in, the, the follow-up action that's taken is that uh, um, there, there's an eradication program that crop insurance runs, and they have people go out and verify that the animals are there, and they remove them when they find them. But, uh, you know, generally, uh, we, we don't see that many reports. Uh, most of the, the population that we know of is in northeast Saskatchewan in around the St. Brew area, and uh, we don't have, really have confirmed pockets outside of that right now. So that's our, our experience and, and crop insurance's experience on the, uh, on the locations and the, uh, the size of the population. Has this year been more slow for reports than previous years? Actually, we just started. Uh, we just started our hotline last year, so it's it's been about uh, about normal. But crop insurance has been been taking reports of wild boar sightings for for many years now. Uh, we understand that they've removed about uh, 500 in the last couple of years, and uh, so I mean the the trapping efforts are ongoing. Um, but you know the most important thing or the most important message that that we would like the public to know about is if you do see one please report it and then we can deal with the problem i'm katherine ludwig and that was mark ferguson general manager of the sask pork group we talked about the wild boar population in the province recreational hunting of boars is not encouraged as it can make tracking and eradication of the invasive species much more difficult instead there are professional teams that will respond to the reports of sounders a group of wild boars and then professionally handle the issue i talked with darby warner executive director of the saskatchewan crop insurance corporation he He oversees the investigations from Sounder Reports, and I asked him what the investigation looks like. So what we find, we we contact uh, whoever reported the information to us. So if there's contact information, that's where we start. So we try to uh, get some information about the exact location where they were spotted. Uh, Some of that work ends up being talking to the neighbors around there. So uh, in recent reports, we've had uh, five or six recent reports that all turned out to be domestic pigs that had escaped from somebody's farm. Domestic pigs were were uh, outside of a fence and they were reported as feral boar. That's a concern for us because uh, domestic pigs can become feral. They can live in nature just like the, like the wild boar that we're trying to deal with. So that is a concern for us. So then uh, once we, once we uh, finish those interviews, we'll... Uh, Get the get a trapper involved if the pigs are on site someplace, and the trapper would go in and remove those animals. People are encouraged to report any sightings of boars to the Sask Pork Group at one eight three three Pig Spot, or people can call the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation directly at one eight 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 nine three five zero 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 zero. Attention cattle producers, Nancoda Stockman Great Company this Friday, October 29th. Angus cattle sell at 12 noon. Last week's red Angus Hereford Charlie cost sale. 458 steers sold for 236. 558 steers sold for 216. 658 for 206. Heifer calves sold well. Our sales are broadcast on dvauction.com. Updates on our Facebook page. Thanks for making us your market of choice. Angus cattle sale Friday at 12 noon. Call 306 478 2229. The four CS2600 CRT TrueFlex Canola with Roundup Ready technology from Cantera Seeds, I plan my summer around spray time, not lake time. But with CS2600 CRT's flexible application timing, the only thing getting sprayed right now is me. And with its first and second generation club root resistance and excellent straight cut performance, it fits my farm like a snug swimsuit. Visit Cantera.com to order CS2600 CRT from your preferred retailer. Always read and follow grain marketing and stewardship requirements and pesticide label directions. I don't know about you, but I'm still hesitant to attend large gatherings. Oh, I've had two COVID-19 vaccinations, but still, I'm apprehensive. 
I'm encouraged by the fact we were down to 78 active cases in the local South Central Zone, but alarmed that as of yesterday, we still have 285 people sick with COVID-19 in hospitals across the province. And some of them have, in fact, been vaccinated. And then I learn that not all attending big events are protected by the vaccine. People are using counterfeit vaccination cards for their proof of vaccination. And then we learned more on the weekend. The Saskatchewan College of Pharmacy Professionals is advising its members that vaccine fraud is occurring. People are paying others to get vaccinated under their name using their health cards to get it done. So they're urging all pharmacies to ensure there is a process in place to verify the identity for all immunizations for those 16 and older. We're not exactly all in this together, are we? I'm Rob Kearney.